the reading of the scriptures from Acts chapter 3, reading verses 1 to 11. So let the people of God hear God's word read with faith and enjoy. Acts chapter 3. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While he clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's. The, uh, the gospel that we uh, hold so dear is uh, a complete uh, restoration of our fallen uh, conditions, rescue from the miseries of uh, sin. Uh, but it begins spiritually. Uh, it will eventuate, of course, uh, in bodily restoration. Uh, but there's something of a picture of both here uh, as a reminder that uh, an incredible thing is uh, continuing uh, in light of the ministry of Christ uh, here uh, through uh, the Apostle Peter. And, uh, uh, and the restoration is in the context of utter brokenness. Uh, the brokenness that you and I see all the time in our culture. Uh, I, I read in Sunday's paper of a, of a young teenage girl who was uh, born with some incredible uh, uh, deformity uh, because of a genetic condition. Uh, She's uh, the only person for which uh, this uh, condition's uh, ever been known to exist, uh, but uh, it destroyed her, of course, physically. Uh, I read in uh, Saturday's Wall Street Journal of uh, the plight of a long service uh, of a Marine who spent several tours in uh, Afghanistan, uh, the brokenness that he saw because of the destruction of warfare, uh, his own... Uh, uh, plight in terms of uh, post-traumatic distress, uh, the weight that it uh, caused his wife. Uh, so there's brokenness everywhere. And what's the answer to that? Well, the answer, of course, is uh, uh, fundamentally uh, in, in the Gospel of Christ, who begins to fix things spiritually and bodily will fix things, uh, all, all things and eternally. Pr- profound hope. And, and we see it here. Uh, the Spirit is going to use the agents of the kingdom to effect not just restoration, in time restoration, 
prophesied in uh, the great uh, prophets of the Old Testament. Uh, and, and, and that is very significant. Uh, so it's in time restoration, uh, in, in the miracle. Uh, and uh, Jesus has uh, started the restoration, and uh, he will finish it. Uh, the larger context is the witness of the church, uh, beginning in chapter 3, verse 1, the book of Acts. We'll continue uh, through uh, chapter 8, verse 4. Uh, uh, and the planting of the seeds of opposition. It's very significant as well, prophetically. Uh, because soon uh, the church is going to experience opposition. Uh, this is uh, a historical event. Uh, and beginning in verse 12, Peter will interpret it, but uh, this morning we'll simply look at verses 1 to 11. Uh, this is a continuing element of the mission of Jesus. Uh, in this profound witness, uh, we can uh, we can reduplicate this in uh, the life of uh, the life of Jesus, his uh, ministry. Uh, profound uh, reminder: uh, the book of uh, uh, book of Luke, uh, Luke chapter five, uh, the account of uh, Jesus uh, ministering, and uh, lo and behold, uh, there's a paralytic that's lowered in his midst, and. Uh, uh, he says in Luke chapter 5, verse 24, in order that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, take up your stretcher and go home. And he did. Rose up, picked up his stretcher, uh, took what he had been lying on, went home glorifying God. Uh, and uh, they were all seized uh, with astonishment, which is uh, much of the case here. Uh, uh, as his uh, agent, Peter will continue this. There's also an import of the element of the fulfillment of the compassion of Jesus. Uh, we must not forget that our Savior, in the midst of all of the brokenness in the world in which we live, is a compassionate Savior. Uh, I, I love the text in uh, Luke chapter 14, 13. When you give a reception, uh, like are occurring <laughs> all over uh, the Christian world in, uh, in, in particular times as we celebrate the Incarnation. Uh, Jesus says, invite the poor, the cripple, the lame, the blind. That's what he did. Uh, and there is the obedience of his, uh, of his agents. He tells his, uh, his twelve, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, freely you receive, freely give. Uh, and then he tells them, which I think is uh, quite unique in light of the health and wealth gospel that's so prevalent in the world today. Do not acquire gold or silver or copper for your money belts or a bag for your journey or even two tunics or sandals or a staff for the worker is worthy of his support. God, God's going to take care of his ministers. Uh, they don't need uh, the elements of the world, uh, even though those obviously are means that all of us rely on uh, to care for our families. And they do. And they go first to the house of Israel. And, uh, and now the apostolic company uh, uh, is, uh, is going to the temple to continue ministry. That, I think, again, is prophetically very significant. And uh, the witness of Jesus is validated in the immediate change of the lame man, both physically and spiritually. Uh, 
there's always a change associated with the gospel, always. Uh, sometimes it's very slow. Uh, sometimes it's uh, not so slow. It's accelerated. In this case, there's an acceleration. Uh, but I do remind you that this, uh, this lame man, he's uh, eventually going to die. Uh, so even what has been accelerated uh, rests ultimately in uh, the final restoration, the coming of the Savior. Uh, but the incredible uh, a reminder of, uh, of the end-time restoration that's uh, begun in Jesus' element here on the healing of this lame man. Uh, as I have uh, said before, these miracles are clustered around the apostolic company to validate their identity in sermons. Uh, in this case, it's uh, 3 p.m., uh, time for the afternoon sacrifice. Uh, the beautiful gate where, uh, where this occurred was one of nine gates uh, that led from the outer to the uh, innermost court of the temple. It was the beginning uh, in terms of the physical presence of the temple, uh, of the presence of lots and lots of gold and silver. Uh, but both parties that uh, rivet our attention this morning lack both silver and gold. Uh, one is asking for, uh, for silver and gold, and the other does not need it uh, for they're uh, the agents of a greater power. Uh, you can uh, also make, uh, I think, a strong theological case in the context here that uh, uh, apart from the gospel, men are unable to come and to respond. Uh, they are, uh, they are, they are lame, if you will. Uh, gospel tells them to walk and they cannot. Uh, they need a greater power. Uh, they need the sovereign power of the dispensing of the Spirit of God. Apostle Paul tells us that we're dead in sin. Dead men can't believe. Dead men cannot exercise faith. Uh, they must be made alive and resurrected, uh, which is what Paul tells us. Uh, occurs uh, in Ephesians 2. Uh, dead men need power. Uh, it is inherent in the gospel and uh, sovereignly supplied by the Spirit. Uh, that day he does not give it to all should provoke us to profound, incredible uh, humility as well as compassion for those in distress. Uh, and uh, prayerful engagement uh, that God would uh, uh, grant power to those in desperate need. Uh, Peter commands him to walk. I, I suspect uh, if there was anyone standing around who thought, well, that's kind of a cruel thing to do. The guy can't walk. Uh, but Peter commands him nonetheless, uh, and he walks. Let's uh, reread verses 6 to 8. I do not possess silver and gold, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, walk. And seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. And with a leap, he stood upright and began to walk, and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Uh, the people are going to respond in verses 9 to 11. But again, dramatic change and accelerated change, but change nonetheless. The gospel uh, changes hearts and minds uh, 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 the witness uh, validates the ability of the last Adam to reverse the effects of the curse. And uh, this, again, is uh, that which is inherent 
uh, when, when Peter says, in the name of Jesus Christ, uh, he is, uh, Christ is the last Adam, and he comes to reverse the effects of the fall, the brokenness that is in this world everywhere, uh, and the hope that's inherent in the gospel, uh, that people with PTSD, people with uh, physical and mental challenges, people whose lives are broken because of genetic disorders or whatever, I mean, it's everywhere in this world. The last Adam is the only one that can truly fix it. Uh, and, and he does. It starts with the gospel, uh, and what Christ starts, he will uh, finish when he comes again to uh, give us uh, new bodies. Uh, so that the larger context of uh, the reason that this uh, man is lame is the fall of Adam. Uh, when, when Adam fell, a curse descends upon the earth and everything is broken. Everything is broken. And Christ is the only one that can fix that. Uh, I'm not unmindful that we have in our country, uh, and again, all over the world, incredible provisions and in, uh, medical technology, advancement, pharmacology, uh, government programs, uh, programs to help people in distress. Uh, but those are only temporary. They're good, but they're only temporary. I'm glad they're present, but they're only temporary. Christ does permanent change. What He starts, He can finish. So, uh, it's, a, it's a reason for disease and deformity. It's the reason for storms and strife. Uh, for want and for wickedness. Uh, sin breaks everything. Uh, and God takes the initiative uh, to cure by sending His Son. In this case, it begins uh, in the immediate contact with the apostles of uh, Jesus. Vacate them, and nothing happens. Uh, this man was a paralytic, we know from Acts chapter 4, for 40 years. 40 years he's been carried uh, to the temple precincts. Uh, 40 years nothing had happened until uh, the apostles of Jesus uh, walked by, uh, representing the name of Jesus. Uh, this man had to be done for. He was a beggar. All of us are. Uh, and God interdicts nature and reverses the misfortune in the name of Christ. Incredible that you understand. Uh, Acts 3, verse 6. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene walked. Uh, this is the cause of his uh, immediate restoration. The name represents the majestic authority of the end-time king and creator. I mean, think of all that's gone before us. Christ, the fulfillment of Psalm 110, a psalm that's purely prophetic, and now he reigns at the right hand uh, of God uh, because he's the messianic king. Uh, again, incredible... Uh, eschatological events are occurring in the book of Acts. Uh, it's uh, history, but it's also prophetic reality. Uh, but it means that there's an answer to all that's broken. And it's in Him. Him alone. Uh, I remind you that uh, uh, you and I represent this name uh, and, and, and the theology uh, and the significance is, uh, is profound because Christ is the only ultimate answer 
to reverse the curse. Uh, it's a beautiful expression of this uh, in, uh, in Luke's Gospel. I cite Luke's Gospel because Luke is here the author of the book of Acts. Uh, uh, Luke, uh, Luke chapter 4. Uh, context is, uh, is in the synagogue of uh, Nazareth. And uh, the reader in the synagogue hands uh, Christ the uh, Isaiah scroll. And uh, he, he reads from Isaiah 61 uh, and, and verses uh, 1 and 2. Uh, reads a profound text of incredible significance in terms of eschatology, in terms of the future, because the context of Isaiah 61 is latter-day Israel. What God is going to do to latter-day Israel. The Spirit of the Lord of God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, uh, to grant those who mourn in Zion. Then Christ sits down. Uh, commentary uh, is in Isaiah 61.3 uh, uh, that is uh, really represented uh, by the Apostle Luke in Luke chapter 4, verse 21. So again, he reads Isaiah 61, 1 and 2. Christ goes and sits down and then he says, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. This great prophetic reality of uh, uh, latter-day Israel, Christ has now initiated the fulfillment. The simple reading, of course, it all points to him. He is the one that's been anointed by the Spirit. He is the one whom Isaiah is speaking of in Isaiah 61, verse 1. So that Messiah will affect the end-time restoration. Uh, and, 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 and the purpose of the anointing uh, is many-fold in uh, the context of Isaiah 61. The first is to preach the good news to the afflicted. That's uh, uh, what the gospel is, the good news, that, that there is a cure, there is a fixed, and the Messiah is it. And the end-time Messiah is now present among uh, Israel. Uh, secondly, he's sent by God as a divine emissary to bind up the brokenhearted. Uh, you know, for all the tears that are shed because of brokenness in relationships and brokenness in minds and uh, brokenness in families and uh, physical brokenness, they could fill the Pacific Ocean. Uh, Christ is the fix to bind up the brokenhearted. Thirdly, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners. That's an allusion to uh, uh, the prophetic reality of the year of Jubilee, Leviticus 25.10. Uh, Leviticus uh, 25.10 speaks a year of Jubilee. That's when slaves were all set free and the land was returned to the original owners. But it has a spiritual reality and Christ is the fulfillment and he's telling the people in the synagogue of Nazareth that he is it. The flooding reality of the eschatological promises of verses 1 and 2. He is the man. He's the anointed one. Incredible realization of all that's occurring. The beginning of the end time restoration in Christ who's present. 
And now it's a residual effects uh, in Acts chapter 3. The the context of uh, Luke chapter 4 is just as profound and significant. It's the outset of Christ's public ministry. Telling Israel who he is. Context is just after the 40 days of testing in the wilderness, which identifies him. 40 days of testing. Old Testament analog, uh, 40 years of testing in the wilderness. Now he's fulfilling it. Uh, Again, identified uh, with the Spirit. Uh, But it's another illustration that that, uh, this isn't just a historical event. It's an eschatological event. Profound things are occurring. Uh, the majesty of the name of Christ in, 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 in the apostles. Uh, uh, it's uh, important that we recognize uh, the history and, and the prophecy so that the end time restoration of the kingdom of God by Messiah present in Jesus in this synagogue, uh, including the end time exodus and the new creation. Uh, It's another great uh, reminder of uh, the incredible eschatology that's occurring. Uh, Very fond of the words of uh, uh, the apostle, uh, gospel, uh, Mark, Mark uh, chapter 1 in verse 15. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. So uh, the end-time kingdom stood up by the end-time king of the Lord Jesus. Uh, and uh, the, the uh, uh, greater reality of, uh, of uh, Isaiah chapter 61 is that Messiah will fix the future. It's a hope of us all. Uh, because he will comfort all who mourn and give them a garland, the oil of gladness, and a mantle of praise. Started, uh, Christ begins it, uh, and he will he will finish it. The end time reality. Uh, so so incredible events are occurring. Uh, Acts chapter three. Uh, the witness, of course, of uh, this event validates the uh, uh, the onset of the end time restoration. Uh, if you have your Old Testament, uh, uh, think this is an allusion to. Uh, Another chapter in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 35. Uh, the, uh, the Greek translation, uh, of course I'm going to read from the New American Standard, but Isaiah uh, chapter 35 and verse 6. Listen to the words and compare it to what's just occurred in Acts 3. Then the lame will leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb will shout for joy, for waters will break forth in the wilderness in streams in the Arabah. Uh, this lame man jumps up and leaps, glorifying God. Uh, the correspondence, again, is this man who, who leaps and walks. But the context of Isaiah 35 is uh, the end-time restoration of Israel. And I think what, uh, what Luke is telling us in, in uh, Acts chapter 3 is it's begun. And the apostles represent it by representing the name of Jesus, the Nazarene. But essentially, when you look at the context of uh, Isaiah 35, 
the first two verses speak of uh, dramatic change in, uh, in the physical creation. Uh, and then uh, the uh, prophet engages in personification with the creation that's broken, uh, leaping for joy and shouting for joy. It's exactly what the lame man does in Acts 3. Uh, it, it forms the basis in Isaiah of a call for courage uh, in light of the fact that God's going to come in judgment in verses 3 and 4, but He's going to save Israel. Uh, Isaiah 35.3, Encourage the exhausted, strengthen the feeble. Say to those with palpitating heart, Take courage, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance but He will save you. Uh, and, and now, uh, Jesus is uh, uh, beginning His fulfillment while suspending the judgment, thank God, uh, or none of us would be here today. Uh, and the salvation is evidenced in the healing of the blind, the deaf, the lame, and the dumb, verses 5 and 6. Uh, Luke is telling us that the physical and spiritual change in this lame man is the beginning fulfillment of the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 35. The restoration is started. And what Christ starts, He'll finish. Uh, and Jesus, through His apostles, is fulfilling the prophecy uh, and beginning of the new creation and the new Israel. Uh, the tangible evidence of, of uh, if eschatological fulfillment and the power of Christ to reverse the curse. In Jesus. In Jesus. Uh, so that the healing of this, main, of this lame man is a foreshadowing of the absolute physical restoration yet to come. And oh, what a hope that is. Uh, but you and I represent that in the Gospel. Uh, the fact that it has begun means that uh, the total reconstitution will come too. Think about it. That Jesus has set in motion the total recovery from the fall. And this includes every distress, every sadness, every predicament that's directly related to the fall of the first Adam. Christ has come and initiated the beginning fix. He's the answer to every dark side. He will restore and fix everything for those who are in Him. Uh, I love the way that it is put for us by the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 35, verse 10. Uh, and uh, 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 the ransom that the Lord will return and come with joyful shouting to Zion with everlasting joy upon their heads. They will find gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Incredible. Uh, that uh, Christ will affect that uh, when He comes again. Uh, he will rout all sighing and sadness. It's easy for us, I think, to uh, grasp at a measure of this. Most of us are fairly healthy, uh, even though all of us are fading, are we not? Uh, but uh, uh, the grand hope for a lame man, broken life for 40 years, and sighing and sadness begin to flee away uh, because of the name of Jesus Christ. 
uh, and that gladness and joy will overtake them. Uh, that, that's the gospel. Uh, that's the end-time restoration that, that, uh, that Christ has begun. It begins uh, with the spiritual change in this man, but uh, it uh, uh, will have a continuing effect until it's finished when Christ comes again and uh, mortality puts on immortality in the coming of Christ. Uh, related again to the great uh, Isaiah uh, prophecies and the promise of the gospel that Christ has started. And, and again, to me, the significance of that is profound. If you miss the eschatological import, uh, I mean, you see the history, uh, but you lose the powerful impact that this is the fulfillment of prophecy, the starting of it, the beginning of it, the inauguration of the end times and the restoration, and uh, the fact it's to create hope and joy. That even as we uh, fade and uh, uh, some point, uh, barring the coming of Christ, our bodies will put in a hole in the ground. He'll even fix that. So that you and I as Christians uh, are a people of profound joy and hope. The likes of which the world cannot understand. Uh, but nevertheless, it should see it, uh, see it in us. Uh, uh, that Christ is the answer to uh, the fixing of it all. Uh, and, and our church should, uh, should not lose sight of that. Uh, we, uh, we, uh, we must not forget that this is prophetic fulfillment. And uh, what Christ uh, starts, he finishes. Because the world uh, is desperate to hear an answer from someone who really has hope and Christ is uh, really the only ultimate answer. Uh, uh, Roger uh, sent me a copy of a hymn uh, last week uh, based on John, uh, John uh, chapter 14. I mean, you know the text. In my Father's house there are many mansions. Because uh, I've told you. Uh, and and he, he goes to prepare a place for us. A place in the presence of God, a place in the mansions of God, uh, the uh, the absolute total fulfillment of the restoration that He started. Uh, uh, and if I go away, I will come again to receive you to myself. Uh, incredible promise to a broken world. Uh, one of the stanzas is that no more weeping, no more fight, no friends bleeding through the night, just divine embrace, eternal light in the mansions of the Lord. The hymn that Roger sent me was sung by the West Point Choir. Uh, you know, the long gray line that's paid an incredible price in uh, all of the recent wars all over the world, but certainly Afghanistan. Christ fixes and he begins it spiritually and he will end it with total reconstitution. Incredible hope of the gospel. Uh, uh, people lose their way when 
their hope becomes uh, another support group, uh, uh, another program, uh, another provision. All those things have a place. I'm not denigrating them. Uh, but you and I step upon the scene. Our church is upon the scene with the only real answer and fix of the end time restoration set in the context of prophetic fulfillment that goes beyond the immediate to the future in which all groaning and sadness and the terror of warfare and broken lives will be put in utter retreat and defeat when Christ comes again. Uh, that is the hope of the gospel. Prophetic reality. Uh, I'm, I, I am thankful in our country that we uh, argue over health care. It's, it's a good thing. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that we uh, continue to dream about home, home ownership, but again, the ultimate greatest fulfillment is in Christ, uh, the mansions of heaven, uh, the uh, total cure, the effects of the fall, when every misery retreats the coming of Christ. Uh, so much in our world is temporary. Christ is permanent. Uh, begin spiritually, but it will end in total, absolute restoration. Uh, the fixes of Christ are eternal, permanent. And uh, just that they begin in terms of prophetic reality is profoundly significant because Christ's words will run it to ground and He will uh, be the ultimate cure of all things. Uh, furthermore, if you recall in the Isaiah text, there was uh, a promise of vengeance from Isaiah. Uh, Acts means that Jesus is temporarily suspending the final judgment while uh, He and the Spirit gather the elect of the Father through the church. Uh, incredible grace. Judgment suspended. Uh, uh, not denied, but only delayed. Uh, giving us time to proclaim the good news of the Gospel. Uh, telling the story of prophetic uh, restitution, recovery, fixing everything. Something of a, a grand picture of this, uh, uh, the book of Daniel, chapter, uh, chapter 3, uh, verses 25 and uh, 26, uh, historic accounts well known to all of you, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will, uh, will not bow before the idol that probably represents Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, the uh, spiritual uh, leaders of the day uh, erect an idol. Uh, uh, they want to catch uh, the men of faith so that they can be destroyed, but Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego are uh, not concerned at all. Uh, they, they tell Nebuchadnezzar, uh, even if God doesn't rescue us, we're not going to fall down and worship your idol. So he casts them in a furnace of fire. Uh, incredible story. Uh, the, uh, uh, the picture of uh, profound uh, judgment uh, when, uh, when Nebuchadnezzar goes and uh, looks at them, he, uh, he sees, uh, he's, uh, sees uh, three men, but one is the sons, uh, is, is the sons uh, of the God. 
so formerly there were three, and now there's four. And the Son of God is protecting, protecting the three, preserving them. If you will, representing us, uh, telling us uh, that God will protect us uh, uh, the fiery furnace of the world. Uh, but more importantly, uh, uh, Jesus tells us, Matthew 13, 42, uh, uh, those who are not found in Him will be cast in the furnace of fire forever. Reminder of the importance of the Gospel and eschatological realities. Uh, that Jesus preserves us in the furnace of this world. But all who are not in Him, He will cast them in the furnace of everlasting ruin. So another prophetic reality uh, there in that uh, uh, that text, uh, if you recall, when when the three uh, faithful, loyal Israelites come out of the furnace, uh, there's not even the smell of smoke upon their clothes. Uh, Daniel uh, tells us that not a hair of their head had been singed. Uh, incredible miracle, preservation. Uh, Luke chapter 21, uh, Jesus tells the apostles, when you're preaching the Gospel, you're going to come under fire. Uh, verse 18, yet not a hair of your head will perish. Fulfilling the greater reality, if you will, of the protecting power of Christ and the Gospel that descends upon His people in the furnace of this world. Yeah, the world is going to try to fire us, but God will protect us. Uh, he, will, he will preserve us and keep us. Uh, reality of, uh, of uh, things that are easily flamed. Uh, the spiritual forces of the world cannot touch the man of God. Uh, so That which begins in the end time restoration Spiritual change and spiritual protection. All of the forces of the demons would love to get at us, only they can't because of the protecting power of the Spirit of God. Uh, just like uh, the, uh, the Son of God that was protecting the three in the furnace of fire, the Spirit of God protects us in this world. Uh, this uh, end time reality uh, that we cannot, uh, our souls cannot be destroyed. Uh, they can destroy our body, but they cannot destroy our souls. And even respecting the body, uh, because Jesus has initiated the end time restoration, what He starts, He will finish. He'll recover the body, make it whole, and glorify it. Uh, and place us uh, in eternal glory. And uh, it remind you of the reality of the book of the Revelation, that God will wipe away their every tears. Meaning that it's really true. The groaning of pain and sadness and broken lives will be in retreat when God places us uh, in, in the eternities. But it started. starts by Jesus in His healing ministries, carried on by the apostolic company. Uh, the beginning fulfillment of uh, end-time restoration. Uh, it also, uh, from uh, Isaiah 35, uh, the healing of this lame man validates uh, the, uh, the onset of uh, uh, the end-time exodus. It's part of the message of the second part of uh, the book of Isaiah. Uh, returning again to, uh, to that chapter, Isaiah 35, part of the context is the promise of 
another exodus from captivity. It's fulfilled partially in the return from Babylon. Uh, But typologically, the greater fulfillment is in the New Testament. If you miss that eschatological reality, you miss uh, the significance of the gospel. Uh, Isaiah 35, uh, uh, verses 8 to 10. And a highway will be there, a roadway, and it will be called the highway of holiness. The unclean will not travel on it, but it will be for him who walks in that way, and fools will not wander on it. No lion will be there, nor will there be any beast to go up on it. Uh, There will not be found there, but the redeemed will walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord will return. Highway. Have you ever ever caught that word in terms of uh, of, uh, John the Baptist? Uh, Get ready. The highway has come. Jesus is the highway. He is the end-time exodus. That's the point of the eschatological reality. Beginning fulfillment in Christ. Standing up. uh, The final exodus in His presence begins even today. Uh, You and I are walking. Now, I I love the reference to the beasts. Uh, No lion will be there. The vicious beast cannot get at us because the Spirit protects us. Keeps us. There's another beautiful picture of this in uh, Isaiah 43 and verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I'll be there with you. Through the rivers, uh, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. Again, fulfilled, uh, fulfilled immediately in terms of the Babylonian captivity, but the greater fulfillment's in Christ. He's begun the time. Uh, the end-time restoration, the end-time new creation, and now the last great exodus. The book not written by Leon Uris, written by Jesus Christ. Uh, By alluding to the prophet, Luke brings with him the context, the greater fulfillments before us. Uh, There's now a new way, and the redeemed will walk there, and the ransom of the Lord will return, and come with joyful shouting to Zion. That's what the lame man is doing. Jumping and shouting, praising, glorifying God. Our man is now walking on a new way with great joy to Zion. It's a compelling signal that Jesus is the new way. And uh, what He starts, He finishes. And when we begin in Him, He'll see us to the end. The lions won't get us, neither will the rivers. Uh, reminder perhaps of uh, Revelation 12, the dragon pouring out of its mouth. Uh, the end time deception trying to get at the church, but it can't uh, because we're on the new way. We're protected. End time exodus. Of course, the clarity of uh, the words of Jesus in John 14.6, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Do you think when he says in John 14, 6, I'm the way, that he's just uh, pulling a word out of the air? No, it's eschatological realities. The end time exodus. By the way, have you started the journey in him? If you don't, the rivers will get you. you. You cannot withstand the deceptive power of Satan when he floods your life with deception 
and false teachers and false gospels. The rivers don't get you the fire will, the fiery darts of demonic forces, and if they don't get you, the lions will get you. Uh, the demons will come for you. Oh, oh, what a reminder to come to Christ. Uh, believe and hope in Him. Look to Him to see you through to the end, which He will always do. I love the text. Of all that the Father has given me, I lose none. Compelling reasons to start the journey. Uh, and so that's the power and the reality, the outpouring of the Spirit, the power in the apostolic uh, ministers, uh, the outpouring of the Spirit. They represent the highway to heaven. Uh, lots of contemporary rock music, highway to heaven. Uh, they... Uh, they don't get it. Uh, they don't understand it. Uh, Jesus is uh, the way, the truth, and life. So Jesus fixes brokenness temporarily, fulfilling the great prophecies of Isaiah. And He will fix them finally and totally. Uh, may God infuse all of us by His Spirit with the profoundness, the incredible hope, the gospel of Christ. Uh, a hope that will see us to the end. A hope that will claim us. Uh, and may God uh, remind us in uh, this Advent season of uh, the incredible message of the Incarnation. All that it means, not just historically, but eschatologically. And may our hearts be full, and may we so live that and tell that uh, to our friends and neighbors in this uh, Advent season. And uh, may God, uh, again, uh, grant us uh, the joy, uh, the joy of the world uh, because of Christ our Redeemer.